Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Get your Bibles today. We are going to the book of Ephesians this morning, to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be getting at verse number 10. Praise God. You love the Lord. Amen. Why don't we give just give him a great big hand? How much we love him. Let's praise him in this place. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory, glory. I'm going to a familiar passive scripture, but an important one that I want to talk to you about today. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brethren. Finally, my brethren. It's interesting. He's talking about children. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about husbands and the wives. And he said, oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all, somebody say all, the fiery darts of the wicked, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And as for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, For which I am an ambassador in bonds, and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Heavenly Father, we love you today, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time and this study and your word. Lord, we stand in in need of your help today. God, without you, we can do nothing. Without you, Lord Jesus, we cannot make it. Now bless, Lord, our time in the study of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to talk to you this morning about putting on the whole armor. Putting on the whole armor. If you'll remember several months ago, back 
in the beginning of the year, we taught a series on uh, the church on fire. And we went through the seven churches that were the letters written to the seven churches there in Revelation. And among them, matter of fact, the first one was the church at Ephesus. Ephesus. When you see the book of Ephesians and you connect it with the town Ephesus and you connect it with the, what we know about that church, you'll come to realize it was one of the earliest churches after the day of Pentecost, one of the earliest established churches. It was established by Paul in Acts chapter 19, and, and it is also here that he found disciples of John the Baptist and asked them the question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe, and also under what were you baptized? <clears throat> we find that Paul taught daily in the synagogue until they kicked him out. Then he went daily and taught in the school or the lecture hall of Tyrannus. There the sons of Siva, traveling exorcist, attempted to mimic Paul in casting out evil spirits. That teaches us something that there was professional exorcists, I guess we could call them, that were about evicting spirits. And so those kind of people are not, nothing new today because they were casting out spirits attempting to do so back then. Many believe that the gospel in Ephesus by Paul's preaching and teaching and what they did is astounding. The Bible records in Acts 19 that they burnt all their magic arts. They burnt their books up. They burnt their arts up. I wonder today what would happen if we had a, a, a bonfire of stuff that we don't need in our world today when it comes to art. I got an uh-huh and a come on. Can I say it again? I wonder what would happen if we would do some burning of some of the arts, so-called arts today. Uh, there are so many things that we need to be leery of in our world. Let me just tell parents, be very leery of, uh, is it anime? Yes, sir. Anime cartoons? Be very leery of them. Matter of fact, I wouldn't allow, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would encourage you, don't let your kids watch it. It has a lot of connection to demonic uh, influence. Be extremely leery. Leery about Universal, DC, and all the other comic books. Are, are you saying, Pastor, you shouldn't read it? No, I'm just saying, boy, you're going to have to wade through a bunch of demonic things just to find some good stories. Be very leery. Some things are better burnt than watched. Can I get an Amen. So we find that in this particular town, there was a lot of demonic activity. Uh, there was a, a silversmith by the name of Demetrius that stirred up the people against Paul and made the people get angry at him. They were full of wrath and cried out, Great is, the, is Diana of Ephesus. A riot breaks out, you know, instead of revival, riot breaks out, but... We find that they were battling spiritual wickedness. They had a lot of demonic activity here in Ephesus. Later on, Timothy, Paul's son in the gospel, became the lead elder at the church at Ephesus, the lead pastor. 
The Bible records that also Mark assisted Timothy in pastoring here. And the apostle John would later be considered the bishop of the church. And he is ultimately said to be buried in Ephesus. Ephesus was not just some little small community. It was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire that day. It was the home of the temple goddess, or the, or the temple of the goddess Diana, the fertility deity, if you please, was worshipped in all kinds of immoral acts. It was a fertility deity. It's still, that spirit is still being worshipped today in our world. The church at Ephesus was not sitting in the right in the middle of the Bible belt. It was rather in the hotbed of pagan practices. Yet God said, I have a church here. God can establish a church wherever he wants to. In the place that is wicked. In a place that is full of pagan practices. Amen. You will find that Paul wrote to the Corinthians and referred to this church and this area where the apostle Paul mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15 and 32. He said, I fought beast at Ephesus. I fought beast at Ephesus. Amen. So when he writes about the armor of the Lord, this church would be, first of all, very aware of the Roman soldier's armor. And secondly, they would be very aware of their need for spiritual warfare protection. And so Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Armor is useless in your closet. It is useless sitting on the floor. It doesn't do you any good un until you put it on. We've got to put on the whole armor of God. He, the writer is saying, Paul is saying, learn yourself with the armor of God. Take unto you, take unto you, pick it up, put it on, the whole armor of God. Lift it up, carry it, put it to use. The armor is there. We need to put it to use. Take the shield of faith. Take the helmet of salvation. Get unto you the sword of the Spirit. Uh, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, strap on the belt of truth. Uh, put on the whole armor of God. And he tells them in verse 18 how to put on the whole armor of God. This is the method by which we put on the armor. And it is stated by Paul in Ephesus 6 and 18, praying always, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. <clears throat> prayer is not just another piece of the armor. It is the method by which we put the armor on. Prayer. Prayer is the way we put the armor on. Amen. And Paul said we ought to pray sometimes. We ought to pray when the battle is raging, we ought to pray when we feel like we need it. No, he said, pray always. That is all, any, ever, the whole, in all manners, uh, daily. It is by everything that you're going through, whatever, you, whatever you're facing, pray always. Somebody say, pray always. Corey Ten Boone said, quote, the devil smiles when we make plans. He laughs when we get too busy, but he trembles when we pray, 
unquote. He trembles when we pray. Why? It's prayer that puts the armor on. It is prayer that we begin to put that on and move in the spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare mandates prayer. We cannot fight outside of prayer. Prayer is the way we fight. Amen. Praying first to God in all situations and by all means should be the number one option of our world and our life. We cannot win without the armor on and we cannot put the armor on without prayer. A.J. Gordon wrote, he said, you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you can never do more than pray until you have prayed. Pray first. Pray always. Amen. We talk about a prayer meeting, and that's wonderful, and we must have them. We talk about a time of prayer, and that is important. We need a closet of prayer. Amen. If you did not hear Bishop Carpenter's message on prayer for camp, camp meeting, go back and listen to it. What a, what a tremendous message on prayer. Amen. But what we need more than a prayer meeting and a prayer closet is that we need a prayer life. We need a prayer life. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church and he said, he said, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. We need a life of prayer. We need a thought of prayer. And it is prayer by which we put the armor on. Amen. People who have a prayer life do so because their world is focused on God. Their life is centered on God. He's the focus of the day. He's the focus of the family. He's the focus of the job. He's the focus of the activity. Amen. He is also the focus of our future. Amen. Prayer. Prayer should be a life, not just an event. Though we need the event, we need a life. We need a mindset. Amen. One, one does not have to brag about how much they pray if they have a life of prayer. Paul said we ought to pray always. We ought to pray always. Pray always. He didn't just say it. He lived it. Romans 1, 9 says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, and in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. Without ceasing. He said, I'm going to pray for you always. He said, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. I'm praying without ceasing. He said in Philippians 1 and 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. There, 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 there's a, a nature of Paul's prayer that he teaches us. In 1 Thessalonians, he wrote, Night and day I've been praying exceedingly that I may see your face. Prayer is more than just doing something. Prayer is who we are. 
Prayer is not just saying words. It's about a heart that is connected to God. Prayer cannot merely be our agenda, though it must be on our agenda, but it must be our life, and that is how we put the arm. You want to fight in this hour that we're living in? Then let's be God-conscious with our prayer. 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon offers this vivid picture of prayer and what it means to pray all the time. He said, like the old knights always in warfare, not always on their steeds dashing forward with their lances in rest to unhorse an adversary, but always wearing their weapons where they could readily reach them and always ready to encounter wounds or death for the sake of the cause which they championed. Those grim warriors often slept in their armor. So even when we sleep, we are still to be in the spirit of prayer so that if perchance we wake in the night, we may still be with God. Oh God, forgive us for being so distracted. Hallelujah. Let us not be distracted. He went on to say, our soul, having received the divine centerpiece, influence, which makes it seek its heavenly center, should be evermore naturally rising toward God himself. Our heart is to be like those beacons and watchtowers which were prepared along the coast of England when the invasion of Armadon was hourly expected, not always blazing, but with the wood always dry and the match always there and the whole pile being ready to put a blaze upon an appointed moment. Our our souls should be in such a condition with prayer that we should be ready to be lit. Amen. I I think we ought to be ready to be lit for the Lord. What about you? Hallelujah. Lord, let me be ready. Let Let my wood be ready to be struck, Lord, and set a fire of prayer. You say... Well, this really isn't a heaven or hell issue. I'll go do this, but it might be a prayer issue. It might be that when we get involved in that and we're called to prayer, we got to go pray through because that carnality is on our mind. That, that, That thing that we're involved in that is not... Uh, necessarily a heaven or hell issue, but it is a prayer distraction issue. Amen. I believe that prayer ought to be the, the, the thought about, will this, will this hurt my prayer life? Will this hurt my ability for my wood to get lit quickly in prayer? Prayer is a mind that is set on God. God conscious. Lord, help me today. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> will be God's evidence that we could have had a prayer life. Amen. Paul teaches us, and the Word teaches us, that we ought to pray. Amen. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Where was Timothy? Ephesus. They needed to have a prayer meeting. Amen. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. Hallelujah. Jesus said that after this manner we ought to pray. We ought to pray. Paul wrote to the Romans and said, continue instant in prayer. 
It's Peter that said, be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Uh, the word says in Colossians, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us. Uh, amen. We need to pray. We need to pray. How, how about hearing the call to prayer and saying, Lord, I will answer. I will answer. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 21 and 36, it says, watch ye therefore and pray. How often? How often? Now you say, Pastor, I got work to do. I've got a lot. This is why it's a prayer life, not just a prayer doing. Not just a prayer meeting, it's a prayer life. And pray always that, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all the things that should come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Amen. I believe that prayer can keep us from trouble, but it can get us out of trouble. Prayer can keep us from trouble, and it can get us out of trouble. Just go ask Daniel. It looked like prayer got him in trouble, but really it was prayer that got him out of the lion's den. Praying. Paul said, in putting on the armor, he said, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. What does that mean? That means praying with purpose. Praying to be effective. Praying to be effectual. Amen. Prayer is not a, 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 prayer is not effective because you and I are special. It's not effective because you and I have a certain last name or because we have a certain amount of heritage in the apostolic ranks. Prayer works because this said it works. The Word of God says it works. Amen. Prayer has to have Purpose. Prayer has to have purpose. Supplication is seeking God for a specific need. Specific need. <clears throat> I often become amused sometimes and sometimes aggravated when people will post on social media or make an ambiguous prayer request. Pray for me right now. It's real bad. No. I don't know what to pray for, and it might be you're in God's judgment, and I'm not messing with that. I believe you ought to make a request known. Somebody say, make your request known. Hallelujah. I, have, I, I, I realize that we say we have a special unspoken request. I wonder, does God read your mind? You have to tell him. And if you don't want it to be known, then don't tell nobody. Boy, I'm, I'm teaching real, real, real nice right now. Make your request known. Make your you, you, you and I have to speak it. We have to make our supplication. Give it a name. Tell God what you want. Not just bless, lead God, guide me. Bless, lead, and guide me. Touch me, Lord. You know. No, Lord, I need you to do this Today, I need you to move on this right now. Somebody say amen. Pray with purpose. That's how we put the armor on, on is we pray with purpose. Hallelujah. We must be specific with God. Not vague, ambiguous, but specific with God. Pray. Praying has to have purpose. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, it speaks about Jesus 
who in the days of his flesh. Listen to that. that. That's a powerful statement. We wonder why Jesus prayed. Look at this verse. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication. What is supplication? Specific request. When he offered up prayers and supplication with what? Strong crying. He had, he, he put tears and emotion with his prayers. Amen. Unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. I believe today that our prayer ought to be prayer that puts the armor on with specific needs. Lord, my mind is struggling right here. I need a touch right here. Lord, I've got a family member that has got this problem. I need you to move on this problem, Lord. I need you to step in, hallelujah, because I'm going to pray with strong emotions as well. Praying doesn't have to be emotional, no. But I'm going to tell you what, if it touches your heart, It'll touch your emotions. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, specific requests, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of things be made for all men. Hallelujah. You got a problem? Any, don't raise your hand, but anybody got a problem with anybody? Anybody got an issue with somebody? What do we do? Let's take it to prayer. How do we fight it? We fight whatever is going on in the spirit realm and see that God would answer in the natural. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. Prayer is a meaningless function unless we engage it with our faith. We engage it with our passion and we put it some supplication and a specific request to that. Somebody say, pray with passion. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let's pray with passion. James 5, 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. That's in the book, isn't it? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. The effectual, the Greek word here means active, effective, or to be mighty in, in prayer. It is said that uh, James Brainerd, who was a, a 17th century missionary to the Native American Indians, would pray with such fervency that, 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 that one time it is recorded that he went and prayed in the snow and meltdown in the snow, and he prayed with such activity and fervency that the snow melted around him. Amen. We have a hard time melting stuff off our mind. 
But fervent prayer will pray until there is something that is energized in the soul that says, I'm going to be active about this. I'm going to be mighty about this. I'm going to get engaged. Hallelujah. It is effectual. It is active. And it is not only active, it is fervent. Somebody say fervent. Zealous. That's what the word means. It's, it's zealous. It's ardent. It's zealous. Have you ever watched these? I watch people that, that get excited about ball but can't get excited about prayer and they wonder why God doesn't answer. You got to get excited about it. Fervent. If it, does, if it means nothing to you, it will come across as nothing to God. But he knows by what we mean, amen, with the fervency by which we pray, by, by the heat by which we pray, by the urgency by which we pray, the effectual fervent. Somebody say fervent. That's why when you're in church and you hear somebody get loud and they get fervent with their prayer, what are they doing? They're saying, oh God, if you don't step in, this won't happen. What are they doing? They are fighting spiritual warfare through the fervency and the zeal of their prayer. Don't wait until the issue becomes beyond repair, but pray fervently now. Pray fervently now. And it says, availeth. It, availeth means forceful, has a can-do with it. Power. Hallelujah. We need to be very effectual and fervent so we can have availing prayer. 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 Hell doesn't care how much I pray as long as I don't put the armor on. Hell doesn't care how, how much I pray as long as I don't pray fervently. If I don't pray effectually, or if I'm not righteous, if I'm not walking with the Lord in His holiness, hell does not care how long I pray. There's a lot of people that pray long prayers. There's a lot of people that, that uh, will pray multiple times during the day. I, I will tell you, the Muslims will actually, in the middle of a flight, get out their prayer mat in the middle of an aisle of a plane. If it's their time to pray, they'll do and pray. Bow their head, hold, hold their hands over their face, and pray. There's a lot of people who are very, very dedicated to prayer. So hell doesn't care how much you pray. It just doesn't want you to put the armor on. Doesn't want you to put truth on. Doesn't want you to put the strength of salvation on. Doesn't want you to put on the, 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 the shoes of the gospel of peace. Does not want you to take up the armor. How do we do that? In prayer. In prayer. The Pharisees prayed more than anybody. And Jesus said, don't pray like them. Don't pray like them. True prayer is God-centered, not self-centered. Look at Luke 18 and 9. Luke 18 and 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves. Read that carefully. And he spake this parable unto certain that trusted what? In themselves. That they were righteous and they despised others. Wow. <clears throat> And here's what Jesus depicts. He says in verse 10, Two men 
went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus unto himself. If you got your Bible out and you're marking up your Bible and you're taking notes, it, it says the Pharisee stood and prayed thus unto who? Who's he praying to? Himself. He said, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all I possess. This is, this, this is what this guy's praying. He's praying to himself. Notice the eyes. How many eyes does he have here in this prayer? I think, I am, I fast, I give, I possess. And the publican in verse 13, standing afar off, would not lift up his, so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all he talked about. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The Pharisee prayed thus unto himself or with himself. Amen. The Pharisee prayed with himself. He said, I, me, I, me. Look how good I am, how great I am. He wasn't praying to God. He was praying to his own righteousness. Amen. Hell cannot prevent you from praying if you want to pray, but what it will try to do is to make you and I self-righteous, to make us feel like, well, God... I'm a pretty good guy. I do things pretty well. But what I need is I need this sinner's cry that says, Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. I am nothing without you. I am powerless without you. Hallelujah. We cannot afford to have the attitude that says, I'm so much better than so-and-so. I'm so much better than that person. Amen. You, you know that thief down the road and that, that man over there. Uh, I am much better than Brother Heathen over here. And I'm much better than this one over here. And the Lord is saying, what I need is I need you to put the armor on and put yourself off. Put the armor on and put yourself off. E.M. Bounds has written a great many volumes on prayer. He said this, men are God's method. The church is looking for better methods. God's looking for better men. Men and women that will pray. And put on the armor of God. Hallelujah. We need to have a persistent pursuit of prayer. I know this is not swing for the chandeliers teaching this morning. But it's, it's where we're at. It's necessary. It's essential prayer. And he said we need to also have a, a prayer with all perseverance. With all perseverance. 
It's the trick of the enemy to make us feel like God has snubbed us, ignored us, and has not, has not answered our prayer. Amen. Prayer requires faith and persistence. Fair, prayer requires persistence. Amen. Not just simply praying one time and say, I guess that's all. No, let's keep after it. Let's be bold in our prayer. Let's be persistent in our prayer. Hallelujah. Then let's just simply stay at it. Stay at it. Somebody say, stay at it. How many know that Peter was in prison one time and the church had a prayer meeting and they were so engaged in praying for it and praying for the deliverance of Peter that even when it happened, they were still praying. That's focus. We can argue about how that they missed their moment and all that, but they were intently focused. Let's keep praying until the answer comes. Keep praying. So Paul makes this statement in verse 19 of Ephesians 6 in our lesson. He said in verse 19, and for me, Paul is saying, this is why I put the, the whole armor on. This is why I pray that for me, that an utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds and therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Putting the armor on in prayer is really about simply obeying God. I know you're looking for maybe a deep revelation and you're looking for something profound. It is profound. Obedience is really God's intent. Giving us the armor is not just so we can whip the devil. It is so we can be obedient to what he's calling us to. Paul said, I put this armor on, I put all that on so that I may do what God has called me to do. Obedience, obedience, amen. A victorious warrior will aim to first of all obey God, not simply to defeat the devil or get his prayer answered. It is about obeying God. Oh Lord, help me today, help me today. Amen. When, I, when the Bible says, when Paul says, uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, he is saying obedience. When he says, put on the whole armor, that's obedience. Uh, when it says that we're to wrestle against uh, not flesh, but against all these spiritual, we need to keep our focus in the right place. That's obedience. Put on the armor that you may be able to stand. That's obedience. If we would get obedience in our spirit, God would do the rest. With standing in the evil day, obedience. Fighting the right enemy, obedience. Standing after that's all you've done, obedience. Putting on the essential belt of truth, obedience. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness, obedience. Standing solid in the preparation of the gospel, the active and ready gospel of peace, obedience. Taking the shield of faith, say it, obedience. obedience. Picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, obedience. Brothers and sisters, let me just simply tell you today that when you, when you, when you boil things down, 
all the Bible discussions, all the different things that we could talk about, all the spiritual warfare dynamics, all the different prayer requests, it all comes down to this bottom line. If you love me, Jesus said, you'll obey me. You'll keep my commandments. It's about obedience. It's about that and nothing else. Amen. When you follow throughout Scripture, it is very important that we obey the Lord. Somebody say, obey him. Saul, King Saul, obeyed, let's just say, 95% of the time. And the Lord, Lord still called it disobedience. Putting on the armor of God. It's done by prayer. And prayer is done by obedience. Would you stand with me, please? We can't complain about our world if we don't pray for our world. Can I tell you, don't complain about your president. Well, he's not my president. Well, I'm sorry, he is. He's got the title. I didn't vote for He still, still is. Let's not complain. Let's pray. We can pl- complain about our problems and our issues, or we can pray about our issues. We can complain about our money, or we can pray about our money. We can complain about our, our different things of life that we're going through, or we can say, oh, God, i got to take it to prayer today to you. Anybody there besides Pastor? Are you at that place in your life right now where if God doesn't fix that, it can't be fixed? If God doesn't provide that, it cannot be provided? If God doesn't make a way, then it just cannot be made? If God does not come in, then the battle cannot be won? Is anybody besides me there right now? I invite you to step out in the aisle and come and just simply say, Lord, I will put on the armor of God. I will find me a place to pray. I'll visualize in my mind. I'll, I'll do whatever I can, Lord, but I, will, I need this armor on me. I want truth and not lies on, oh God. I need truth, Lord Jesus, instead of this falsehood. I can't trust the news media. I can't trust what people are saying, oh Lord, but I can trust what you are saying. Lord, I need truth. Let me put it on. Let me put truth on or not, not my own ideas. Not my own thoughts, Lord. Let me not be like the Pharisee and say, I got this, Lord, because I don't. Lord, I don't. I need you, Lord, today. I need you, Lord. And if I'm going to put the armor on, it's going to come in my prayer time. It's going to come in my intentional time, Lord, with you. It is going to come through my day, Lord, talking with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I don't want to just walk out of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, you're not looking for cute words. You're not looking for pious repetitions. You're not looking, Lord Jesus, for our vocabulary to be something astounding. Lord, you're just looking for us to pray and open up a heart to you. You are there and ready to help, Lord Jesus. But we've got to call upon you. Lord, we call upon you. Lord, we call upon you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we call upon you today. Lord, for that backslider that is on the mind of your people, Lord, we pray. God, for that relationship issue, Lord Jesus, that is plaguing minds today, we pray. 
Lord, for the spiritual attack and wickedness, oh God, that comes against us, Lord, we pray. For habits, Lord, that have us bound and shackled, oh Lord God, we pray. Lord, for if we pray, we're putting on the armor and we're fighting, God, this spiritual warfare. In the name of Jesus today, hallelujah, hallelujah. I repeat the command of Scripture. It's not just the word of Paul. It is our command as good soldiers. Put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. If I'm going to win, that's not an option. That's not an option. I've got to put it on. If I'm going to overcome, I have got to put on the whole armor of God in this place today. Hallelujah. Will you call upon him right now? In the mighty name of Jesus. How we need you, Lord. How we need you, Lord, in this place. How we need you, Lord, in this hour. Praise be to God. Lord, we love you, God. We Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.